Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is a TV presenter. He is in charge of breakfast on Absolute Radio and a host of his own parenting podcast called dad pod which if you're going to do a podcast about being a dad that is just brilliant dave berry hello hey g how are you i'm good how are you i'm great thank you so much for having me on this is a real honor oh, i've not been you. nervous leading up to an appearance on a podcast i don't think ever no but coming on happy mum happy baby <laughs> is a huge deal and i don't want to look like i'm blowing your trumpet early doors and i don't want to <laughs> cross the streams and the different things that you do so brilliantly but for me and my daughter, Baby Club is a big thing <laughs> in our house. 
Thank you and you. Nigel, you brought many happy <laughs> afternoons to us when we've had our screen time. So I'm thrilled to be here. That's so sweet. It's so funny when we bump into kids and they have a preference over me or Nigel. So if I'm there <laughs> and they're actual, actually Nigel fans, it's a bit awkward, I've got to say. <laughs> Being shot down by a three-year-old, there's nothing quite like it. Well, as I know from experience, they don't hold back on their critique, do no. they? No. Where's Nigel? <laughs> you know, guess... Two words you never want to hear. Where's Nigel? Well, you know, it's just all parents just go, yeah, they switch off when it's you. And I'm like, oh, oh, nice, nice. Well, do you know what? And I know this isn't the right thing to say, but I'm sure and I hope Nigel's getting the same treatment. Oh, so there uh, yeah. You go. I mean, it goes both ways. I mean, you know, it's Poor absolutely Nigel. fine. <laughs> but I'm glad that we've been able to give you that time. Because also the whole thing about the baby club, it's letting parents bond with their kids in a new way and you know I don't know did you ever go to baby clubs actual like physical we didn't we kind of skipped that part of it and we moved to a community where we were confident there were a lot of parents and in fact we moved to where a mutual friend of ours Emma Willis once lived oh. and I knew that oh okay where she yeah 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 where she used to live in North London yeah. and I know that you know there was a really nice family community there yeah. we already had friends that lived there so we were able to kind of make friends and our kind of, and what baby groups there were obviously during kind of Evie's development years, which are yeah. still going on, had stopped yep. because of COVID and everything. So being able to join your televised baby club <laughs> has been a real joy because, you know, Evangeline, our daughter, is very much a kind of child of COVID times. Yeah. You know, she was... It's been, well, she'd been about one uh, when that started. Yeah, so it's kind of up until yeah. time of record. She's three now. So it's been great that we were able to kind of make friends in the, in the local community and we were able to utilise the outside spaces and, and that yeah. kind of thing. And, and because we were quite nervous, as I suppose lots of parents were, about that kind of, you know, how they develop their social skills mm -hmm. when there aren't, you're not able to see any other children yeah. uh, effectively and because you can obviously and your job as a parent is to impart things you want them to be you know smart and inquisitive and polite and all of those things that we all hope our children will become but at the end of the day and you know Evie's hasn't got a sibling mm. sometimes you only learn those boundaries from being around other kids and what's acceptable and, and how you interact so you want to hope that you make a great adult yeah um Dave where did you grow up what was your childhood like yeah, I was born in Lewisham Hospital, which is a part of South East London. I grew up in Cholton, which for those of you interested in the geography is kind of next to Greenwich uh, or Greenwich. I suppose that's the book. You say Greenwich if you're from there. It's spelled G-R-I-N-I-C-H. <laughs> Greenwich. You know, like where the gym, the, the, the meridian line is. Greenwich. So, uh, the centre of the universe. <laughs> the centre of the universe um, with a capital G. So my family lived there. They still do live there in the house that I was raised in. And uh, it was a really nice place to grow up. I mean, I know that there's certain kind of sometimes lazy assumptions about South East London and sometimes you have to rally against those things. But, you know, there's um, some really beautiful parks there and there's some beautiful woodland. And I went to a really nice school, the John Roan School, and were able to kind of have some really nice experiences there and made some lifelong friends as well. Yeah. And my little sister went to the same school. We're only 18 months apart. So had that thing of her being in the year below me yeah. at school. So she'd like protect me from all the bullies, which is how it's <laughs> gone on for all of our lives. So it was a nice place to grow up and a tight family. And we still are. I think it's funny when you have your own kids and you suddenly get to the point where you go, oh my gosh, my mum would have fallen pregnant at this point to have had that 18 month age gap. Like when you're nine months, like your baby is nine months old, you suddenly go, how? 
how? How do people do that? You know, or when it's <laughs> yeah. less, when it's under a year, it's suddenly the actual yeah. realities of it. It's crazy. And I'm, I mean, actually, let me not, I won't say it's crazy. <laughs> of course, <laughs> offence to my mum and dad, first of all, and then all the other parents that have done that. I've got to keep Ma and Pa on side. Yeah. But, you know, speaking to them about it, they wanted to have a family. Yeah. That was their thing. They met, they fell in love, they got married, and their big thing was, we want to start a family. Yeah. So oh, they got down to it. Oh, that's a horrible piece of imagery. <laughs> Sorry to all of your subscribers as well, G. But they got down to it good and proper yeah. in Greenwich. And... Um, me and my sister came along. Yeah. So it's just the two of you? Just the two of us. So when you looked ahead to your future, did you always see yourself with a family? To be honest, I didn't really. Really? No, I can't even really, if I'm completely honest with you, say that I always loved kids or, yeah. you know, I mean, I fell head over heels in love with my niece Alice when she was born, as I did with Penny. And strangely, it felt like they did a, a job of almost filling that void for me. And... Sarah Jane, my partner and I, we hadn't planned on starting a family as soon as we did. Right. Evie is a honeymoon baby. Oh, wow. But the thing is, like, a lot of people dream of doing, you know, you've to have it actually work out like that, pretty magical. Yeah, just a little something for Evangeline to enjoy when she <laughs> listens back to this podcast in a few years from now. <laughs> There's been a lot of parental sex on this edition, hasn't there, G? I apologise for that. Right. It's all my fault. Your reputation's fine. So I'll take this one for the Thanks. pair of us. So we did, we had a honeymoon baby and through experience and through friends, what you say is absolutely right because not everybody's journey to becoming pregnant is an easy one. Yeah. We know that. And as I say, we, we kind of know that firsthand through friends and uh, and other stories that you hear. So when Sarah Jane told me, there was an element of just how fortunate we are to have not had to kind of try yeah. and what that would involve. And, you know, whether that would have ended with us getting pregnant, then obviously that's absolutely fantastic. But we didn't have to do any of that stuff. And that felt very fortunate. Were you surprised with how you felt going from someone who wasn't really that bothered about having a family to finding out that you were going to be a dad? Were you surprised at that jump within yourself? When I look back on it, because I, I didn't really kind of dwell on it in that way. It yeah. was all hands to deck, action yeah. stations, go, go, go. But looking back, just felt like the exact right time. And it felt like the best news. And I was so happy. And I couldn't wait to tell my family. And I couldn't wait to tell everybody, you yeah. know, which is, you know, my wife thought that meant, you know, telling my mum and dad, but obviously I got my own breakfast show. <laughs> so when I said I'm going to tell everybody, I mean everybody. There's 5.4 million of these people and they're all going to know right now. Well, did yeah. you wait till 12 weeks to share that news? I did. did. I, I absolutely right. did, yeah. I, I did, you know, we waited and it, it was difficult to wait. Yeah. As you know yourself, you know, it's difficult, you know, you want to tell people. And really felt like, um, it felt like such an incredible achievement. Yeah. It felt like, you know, I'd achieved somebody, something with somebody that I've, fallen in love with over the course of like seven years who I only married three months ago yeah and and now this is happening and it's just it was just a wonderful thing it really was and to make that sorry to answer your question to make that transition from not being that bothered about kids and feeling satisfied with that hole being filled by my nieces to finding out that I was going to be a dad so smooth yeah. because I just absolutely fell in love with the idea straight away and, and that's not changed
I wanted to announce it to the listeners and my co-host on air, Matt Dyson, at the same time, he and his wife fell pregnant with their third child. Right. So they have two girls and, and they have a little boy called Ted. And so we had the kind of baby scans at the same time and, and that they're only our, his third child and Evie are only kind of like three weeks apart right. as well. So, so it was a really nice moment for both of us to share on air. Matt's like, well... He's just an old hand at it now. Just, you know, I mean, he was excited, but he's like, oh, you know, wait till you see the meconium. Honestly, on air, G, I, I swear to you, he said, wait till you see the meconium. And I honestly, I said, who's he? <laughs> and that's when, and it, was, it wasn't a joke, that's when so many people started texting in, yeah. listeners, and I thought, I've shared this news now and people are coming in, getting involved with advice, clearly seeing how unprepared I am. You know, I said <laughs> I went to action stations, you know, this is what I need to do. But I missed out a lot of bits that I should have been grabbing onto. I did deal with Mr. Maconium in the end. You did? Yeah, I, I did deal <laughs> that, with him. I, I felt his sticky handshake. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> so um, then I started to ask the guests that we had on. Yeah. And it was, it just kind of coincided with having like Benedict Cumberbatch on and Sir Michael Caine and asking them about their parenting experiences and obviously across generations there as yeah. well and how things have changed. And then like so many people do nowadays following your lead, I thought, let's make this a podcast. <laughs> and so the, the dad pod was born and it, it gives me an opportunity to ask you know, parents about what they experienced and how it was. The dad pod, we kind of, you know, I love the title, but it was very important early on to point out that it wasn't just for dads. It yeah. was for... Well, we've got mum in our title. It's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. But well, this is what I mean. Yeah. You're doing it. I'm like, look how well this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be called Happy Dad, Happy Bub Bubs, but uh, I know your, your legal team called me, so I had to change it last minute. And yeah, we're dad on pod to you, was just Dave, the best pun I could come up with. <laughs> It's a blooming great fun. <laughs> How did you feel going towards Evie's arrival? Did you feel, because obviously, I know that Sarah Jane had a C-section. Was it a planned C-section? Was it nice and controlled in that way? It was planned and it was controlled. I mean, yeah. I didn't feel any kind of self-control about it myself. Well, because it's a big, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to go into, isn't it? You know, it's major surgery. And I think it's so overlooked in that way. We've talked to a couple of guests about how your body recovers afterwards and how it is a big deal and that people just completely brush it aside. Yeah, well, it, it took, you know, a while for Sarah Jane to recover afterwards. You're right, because it's just, it is, as you say, major surgery. It was great for us to know we felt more comfortable knowing when we would have our when Evie's birthday would be basically and we got to meet the team in advance that's the other great thing about the planning and as I say that part of me that's a bit of a control freak and Sarah Jane felt more comfortable like that which of course is the most important thing we both agreed that to kind of get to look the person who's going to bring our daughter into this world in the eye in advance and then obviously just a fabulous team of NHS nurses and what they do and the support that they offer. And because, they, you know, particularly I think for people when it's your first, they can just see that you're wide eyed and petrified. And there's suddenly this little thing. I just remember one of the most calming, tranquil, almost like a meditation was just this fabulous nurse teaching me on a doll how to swaddle. <laughs> <laughs> and while Sarah Jane was recovering and getting some respite and Evie was in the little kind of thing next to it with the length, her length and her weight and her yeah. birthday and stuff on it, I was just calmly folding the little blanket <laughs> over and over again, then unfolding and re-swaddling. And this is what I'm going to do now for the rest of time. 
<laughs> taking it really seriously as well. Really be seriously. The best swaddler there is. Expert swaddler. How did it feel the night before, actually, going in for the birth? Because you know that when you come back, life is going to be completely different. Yeah, well, that's right. We packed a lot of bags. We <laughs> were of <laughs> useless stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the stuff from the baby club. We were like, what's in the bag? So I was like, why have you bought a sponge and a comb? I have them here. <laughs> I'm going to be giving birth. <laughs> what was quite nice was we were able to film that moment. Oh. We don't often revisit these videos that are in your camera roll, but we have done and we've shown it to Evie because she's three now and she can kind of watch it. And it's just like a, a heavily pregnant Sarah Jane sitting on the sofa with this kind of like weird green roller thing that she was rolling her face with, <laughs> just with her tummy out here. And I was just kind of doing, I suppose, an MTV Cribs style look around, prepared everything and it was all done. So, and then it was a restless night, but we were kind of up and at it. And as I say, from the moment Sarah Jane told me that we were going to have a baby and that she was pregnant right through to that day before and throughout the birth, she was just an absolute superstar. Aww. And, you know, and I will be eternally grateful for that because, you know, it's, and as I say, everyone has their right to wobble. Yeah. My word, they do. But it made everything a lot easier for me. And, you know, as, as you're fully aware, everyone listens to this right now, Sarah Jane was doing all the hard work. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tom just sat around eating jelly babies. I think that was his input into <laughs> Good for Tom. Send him my love. <laughs> In fact, I've got a photo of the last birth, the last giving birth to Max. And I am, um, I think I'm watching like comedy roadshow or something like that and I, I'm breathing and heavily in labour and I have a picture of take oh, it's a selfie and Tom is behind me asleep. That's how great he was. It's third time round. He's done oh, it before. I love hearing this. All the dads listen to this will love hearing that, Jane. One thing that I remember as well was this fabulous team of doctors and nurses and experts are kind of surrounding Sarah Jane on bed. And I'm kind of, I was told to sit on a stool just, you know, up here by her head. One of them said to me, are you going to have your Lion King moment? Oh. And I said, what's that? And they said, well, when we give you your baby... Are you going to lift her aloft? <laughs> and I thought they were joking. They were like, it makes for a great picture. You've got your phone with you. So everyone was so relaxed. And two of the nurses, well, which really helped with, I think, helped my nerves and Sarah Jane's nerves, were talking about their pet cat and who they were going to get to look after while they went on their holiday and stuff. So it was all really kind of like calm yeah. and chatty. And it was a great tactic that they ploy there at the hospital that really helped keep everything feeling but kind of light and breezy. babies are so slippery. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I mean, you must have had that moment and been like, this is... You know, I, <laughs> I literally brought it up to about, just, just for the purpose of anyone who can't see this, to about nipple height. <laughs> My nipples, not Sarah James. To about nipple height and then just like handed it to the nurse who <laughs> took it over and I cut cord and yeah. I did the, the weighing and stuff. And then, and then there she was. And I took her straight over to Sarah Jane and it was just, just a, such a beautiful moment. It is that that great moment that everyone describes. And in fact, I keep a, uh, I keep a daily diary and I have done since about 2015. Mm. Where I just put some notes of what's going on. And on her birthday, I've just written, like it's like a placeholder. Like one day I will have hopefully the poetry and the words to put this feeling of this day into this diary entry to make 
2018 that year complete but for now it just remains empty because it's impossible to describe how it feels yeah. for me at this point I know lots of people have done and they've been so touching and poetic about it but I'm kind of struggling to get the right words and I do want to get the right words and you know it's been three years now so I'm still <laughs> looking for them your memory's <laughs> gonna start going Dave <laughs> <laughs> or when she's like a teenager I've got to go and pick her up and I'm like oh this was the day <laughs> and also just a little thing she was born in December. So when we uh, bought a home a few days afterwards, the Christmas tree, we'd already put the Christmas tree up and all the lights were there. And mm. Sarah Jane's parents, who are two of the nicest people on earth, were there. So it, and my sister came to visit straight away as well with the two kids. So it felt nice and homely and, you know, and right. Yeah. Straight away, which again is, you know, one of those blessings in the book of life. Winter babies, I think they have, I think sometimes people don't like the fact that it's dark, you know, a dark outside, so your days are shorter. And, but actually there is something nice if you're able to lean into it and almost cocoon into that a little bit, you know, shut the, the outside world is dark. So let's just hibernate in here and see what's going on. Yeah. And what? Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I think some parents worry about the fact that the nights are so long, which we all know can be quite difficult with newborns and relentless. But yeah, there is something nice about that cosiness of, of winter. Yeah, and I think also bright, burning July sunlight seeping through your child's window when it's bedtime. Yeah. And kids are playing outside and you can hear them seeping through the cracks in the glass. It's horrible. Oh, it's not good. No, keep it cold, keep it dark. Yeah. I say you want it when you become a new parent. <laughs> cold and dark. <laughs> but how did it feel, you know, this massive thing has happened, but life keeps turning. How long did you have off from the radio show? I took three days off. Right. Yeah. But anything else I had planned or would normally be something that I would do in the afternoon or in the evening we scrapped all of that. Yeah. Obviously, had I had my working day mm -hmm. been more traditional, then I would have taken longer off because, you know, three days sounds <laughs> no. quite selfish. To say. <laughs> well, you seem to have got this but now. was it weird later though, on? leaving that first day? Because obviously there's been such a seismic shift, you know, and but there's this other thing that's going on. And even though you know you're going to return, I imagine it's quite like your head must get quite frazzles with that shift. What? Of course, as it as it does for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were exchanging about a million texts during the, those the broadcasts, you know. But again, where I'm really fortunate, and we talked about, you know, moving to a community where we knew we, there were friends and there were families, is that the four hours I was doing the show, I was with Matt, who has just become a parent again, as I said. He's been a friend of mine for 15 years. My producer has a daughter as well. And so it was, there felt like a really nice our own special little NCT class of like, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, don't worry about that. Oh, I remember when Bess used to do that. And, you know, and we still have that kind of now, which yeah. is really nice. So whilst the songs, you know, I was playing two songs back to back, I was finally finding out what the Maconian was, <laughs> and what, he was what he was doing hanging around the hospital. <laughs> it felt okay going to that. And it, I felt comfortable relaying back those messages mm. and reassuring Sarah Jane that this is what someone that she knows and really loves as well in the shape of Matt had been through with Katie. And so it felt good to be able to go into an environment where I feel comfortable talking to, to my friends and colleagues yeah. and, and they feel comfortable opening up to me about those things. It was a real, it really put our minds at rest. Hold up. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One thing that you would have had is very early mornings. Is that useful with a newborn? Is that a useful job kind of going, well, sleep is what it is. And actually, I'm going to get up at five to do, I don't, I don't know what time you have to leave the house. But, you know, it's that, is that, is it a good thing? Because kids are always up early. Do you know what I mean? So then you can get back afterwards. Or is it is sleep quite difficult to manage, actually, when you're doing breakfast? It was Evie being up in the in the night, really, the, it was the broken sleep that was the the problem, the kind of uh, the early hours and, and being out and being able to come back, as I say, was a blessing. But we also had that thing, you know, <laughs> we had that thing where Evie at the beginning slept really well. She was one of those babies who slept through and I would like proudly announce this to anyone who would listen. And they would like people who were already parents would just be like either looking at me with scorn or like, well, why are you telling me that, Dave? I don't need to know that. Look at these bags under my eyes. Why are you telling me that? Or they would have a knowing look that I was yet to learn, which is like, <laughs> oh, kiddo, that's all going to change. Don't you worry about that. The sleep throughout the night is something that we've been quite proactive on trying to remedy the best we can. So we weaned Evie off of the dummy really early on. What we realized was the reason she was waking up is because the dummy had fallen out of her mouth. Mm. And then some parenting books, and as I say, everyone has their own way of doing these things. I'm not here to criticize yeah. or judge. But one was like, fill her cot with a hundred dummies. She'll always so find one. She knows <laughs> she can always find one. And we thought, or we take the dummy away, we take it out of the equation. And honestly, we had a few nights where it was a bit tricky, but then that led to more continuous sleep throughout the night for Evie and for It's interesting, well. whenever there's that little shift of whatever you're doing, you know, whether you're putting them from a crib to a cot, I think that first couple of nights, it can make you go, oh no, we're making the wrong decision. But then by the third night, it's suddenly everything's fallen into place. Or you build yeah, yourself you up, like with the dummy thing. I know every time I've taken them away from my kids, I think it's going to be this monumental moment, but actually it's happened and everyone just moves on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, if I was to give any advice on things like that, it's stay strong. Mm. You know, I think Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going. And those three nights <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning, they are hell, <laughs> but you must keep going because it will get better. So, and the one we're, the kind of thing we're facing at the moment, uh, now she's three is um, top ups, top ups throughout the night. Ah. So she goes to sleep with a milky, but then there's a kind of a, a thermos flask of a, a cozy, warm, kind of fruit drink which is just water with a sugar-free thing splashed yeah. in it but you know she loves a drink does my girl the apple <laughs> hasn't fallen far from the tree in that respect G. uh she's just gonna be in the middle of the night she's like top up 
And I was like, I swear I was like that in about 2008. Stop <laughs> up. So we are trying at the moment and we are in that phase where it's yeah. difficult, where we're trying not to do any top ups, but we'll get there. And plus, you know, one of the things that came from moving, because we had to move out of a little house into a slightly bigger place. And another reason why, and my wife is fantastic, is as the years have gone on, if I've got the show and I've got other things that I'll do, I'll just go into the spare room and she'll just take the monitor and right. deal with it. Yeah. And then I get to sleep through. So I'm fresh for the next day. And that's, you know, that's good of her and makes all the difference. Yeah. Did you manage you know. to move before the baby actually arrived? No, we did that thing that I think all people do. We moved <laughs> we moved just when we need a little sprinkle of more extra <laughs> aggravation on top of our lives already. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. And then, as I say, we went into a lockdown. So yeah. we didn't even really get to find out anything about our new area. What was a really nice thing when we moved there, I've just launched a new podcast called The Doctor Next Door. Mm -hmm. So with a new neighbourhood comes new neighbours. And, you know, I became obsessed with my next door neighbour. His, his name is Neil Srinivasan, and he's a doctor, medical professional and a leading cardiologist. And he's also the person who saw Sarah Jane with Evie in the buggy when she was very small walking along and went kind of over to her, like at a safe distance. Yeah. I said, hello, sorry to trouble you. I can see that you're a new mum. I know you've just moved here. I live here next door to you with my wife and our two kids. Well, at that point, it was our little boy and gave Sarah Jane his wife's number and said, you know, she knows a lot of the mums in the neighbourhood. She knows a lot of the great playgrounds Aww. to go to where the little hidden gems are. So call her, reach out and then you've got a friend next door. Also really goes to show the power of communication and how it is great for us to talk to new parents and kind of let them know that we've been there. We've done that. You know, we're all in this together. You know, you feel like it's going to be, it's never ending, but it, it will. You'll move on to something else that's going to trouble you. you know? <laughs> and I think that when you've had someone stop you in the street and display that kindness and that compassion, I think it's amazing. I do too. And the reason I brought it up really, because it is just such a wonderful gift mm. to give to somebody. I mean, to make anybody, and whether it be for parenting reasons or any other reason, to let somebody know that they're not alone. Yeah. And that you're there for them and that, you know, you can talk to them or in this case, you know, do you want to text my wife? You know, because obviously Neil was worried that it's like I'm a man in the street. I get his concerns about that, but he kind of, you know, explained it. And I think to give the gift that you're, you know, we're all in this together to somebody or at least you're in it with me and I'm here mm -hmm. is incredibly important. And it's proved to be as important as we thought it would be yeah. for, for both Evie's development and me getting a new podcast now. <laughs> no, I'm <not> joking. <laughs> and, you know, and for us as parents to have someone that now we can go and have a glass of wine with yeah. and we can chat and it's just, and they're next door and it's perfect for that, you know. And you said you were worried about, you know, COVID and Evie in terms of social interaction and stuff. Now that that is, the world is open, has your mind been put to rest? Yes, it has at this stage. And as you say, everything's constantly changing. But, you know, she's got a really nice group of little friends at nursery. And one of the things which was a, a wonderful, it's not a coincidence, but a lot of the children she met while socially distancing playgrounds when we were allowed to do that. Yeah. 
it turns out are in the same year as her Aww. at nursery or they're in the year above and they're looking out for her and and it's really nice to see the little gang and you get to see the other parents when you pick up or drop off so it was really nice that she almost got to know a few people before heading heading to nursery for the first time it must be nice for you and sarah jane as well to go oh look she's being really kind to that little girl there like just not knowing what's going to happen when they're in those social situations especially i think when kids have had like one-on-one -on -one attention with their like the people whoever's looking after them whether it's parents or you know guardians whatever so i think almost like sending them out into the wider world in a you know a way that we wouldn't have had to have done previously i don't think do you risk assess a lot or do you just let evie take a few risks or are you kind of like no 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 don't do that don't do that because i think it's a fine line you know i think yeah. with with our i think with me and tom we it's changed now, but especially when they were younger, I'd be like, it's fine, let him do that, you know, he'll he'll be fine. Whereas Tom would always pull back a little bit more than I would, I think. I think we kind of have split a similar way to you. Really? But the first thing that dawned on us was as soon as, because we moved house when Evie was in like the cot or whatever, being carried around in the car seat with the little handle. Yeah. And then as soon as she started to kind of take her first stumbly steps, we realised that we'd bought the most unchild-friendly house in the world. <laughs> and you just it's moved, just, It's just like, there's a, yeah, there's, a, there's an alligator pit in the kitchen. Why did we need that? All the stairs are laden with broken glass. Oh, and gosh. Yeah, no, but it, it is, it's a lot of hard floors and a lot of hard stairs. There's no carpet anywhere. <laughs> it was just, and it wasn't until she started moving around that we went, ah, because this is just inexperience. Yeah. So my attitude is like, be careful. Sarah Jane's attitude is if we let her walk up and down the stairs, obviously we monitor her. Yeah. Then come that day when we aren't there, she's going to be able to do it. Mm. Because whereas if you don't let her go near the stairs, she's not going to know what to do. So true. And she's absolutely right. Yeah. I can remember going to forest school actually with the two. I mean, it was December or January. Never joined forest school in December or January. It was miserable. But they were warming brioche buns over a real fire. And the lady was like, but if we show them, exactly like Sarah Jane said, if we show them that it's hot, that you don't go too close, see, it's good because you're making them aware of the situation, but also not making them fearful. And that's really interesting. Yeah, because obviously one of the big things in life, you know, almost number one is, you know, don't touch that, it's hot. Yeah. So when you see a kid warming a brioche bun on an open fire, it's almost like it's it's flight and fight all in one. It's just like, goes, ah! goes against everything you know. What are you doing? But I suppose that's one of the reasons that those schools are so popular yeah. with various parents. You know, you come home and your three-year-old's like whittling away with a pen knife on a stick. <laughs> Sarah Jane would be like, oh, that's good. She's learning to whittle. Whereas I'd be like, put down the pen knife. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I see your point. But we've got the balance right. And I actually quickly understood where Sarah Jane was coming from. Yeah. And I'm now much more of that school of thought. Yeah. And also as well, that as you all know, there is a wonderful moment where at around three, you realise that your child's a little more sturdy. Mm. You know, I, I remember I used to, if she was in, you know, the kitchen and I had to go out to the front door I'd be like this and I'd come back and just look around the door again you know and then I'd go back a bit and now I feel that I can leave her safely in there yeah pen knife in hand <laughs> roaring fire in the middle of the floor and she's gonna be fine <laughs> she's fine she's, she's got gonna this. be fine I'm just gonna chat to this Amazon delivery driver it's gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> you've obviously spoken to a lot of people about becoming parents 
and you've asked them for advice. What is the like the best piece of advice that you have heard, and the scariest? Let's, t- the scar- let's twofold. Well, there's been some wonderful guests on, you know, Dad Pod and and, and stuff, and there's been some funny advice. Joe Swash was a, a guest. <laughs> And his advice was instead of taking all of the time to undress your baby and take the nappy off and check if they've done a poo-poo or a wee-wee, is he does something and Stacey does something called the lucky dip. Oh, wow. Where you just put your oh, finger no. down the back. Oh, I know. No. I know. It's the last time I ever invite him on anything. <laughs> so there was that, which was obviously a, a really funny moment. Yeah. And, but Did you take on this advice, Dave? No, no, I, I decided to leave Joe Swash to his lucky dip and I'd carry on investigating properly, you know, in a sanitised, responsible way. Surely it's just the lift and sniff. That's the... <laughs> Hang on, I've got my pen here for a reason. I knew I was going to pick up some tips. <laughs> there, there was a, a nice one from... Um, from Rob Beckett, the comedian, mm. who said like he spends as much time as he can on his ablutions because it's the only time he gets on his own. <laughs> so he says when he's allowed to go and have a shower, he'll be in there for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Which I thought was a good piece of advice. That is good. The more serious ones though, and I think you know there's genuinely something in these. I love that Greg Wallace advised that when you go to the supermarket with your child, let them pick out an ingredient. So let them get excited about some weird bizarre or normal kind of vegetable or fruit or whatever it may be and then use that in what you eat that night so prepare it with them to get them excited about food and particularly healthy eating I thought was a a nice piece of dad advice as as we call it the legend that is Griff Rhys Jones Mm -hmm. talked so eloquently as always as he always is about be careful what's important to you particularly during those development stages and I'm sure this is something you know G and you've written about yourself but he said that he was so kind of work obsessed yeah. when his son was younger that that all that stuff really rubs off on them. And, you know, and so and I think that encapsulating that into be careful what's important to you or be careful about what's important to you is actually quite a nice way of putting it. And I and I realised that applied to me, you yeah. know, because I can get quite, you know, something will be make me really intense about it, whether it be work or this hasn't happened, this needs to happen. And it's like, just watch where you're being that person. It's interesting though, isn't it as well, on that, where when there's work stuff happening, it's, I find it difficult sometimes to leave it. And I think it's being aware of it. You know, is that energy coming home with me? Is it making Mm. me a bit anxious? Am I a bit nervous about it? Or am I just aware of the workload and therefore unable to shake it off completely when I go home? And I think it is so important to be aware of because I don't want to be that person. You know, I'm I'm already not the Mary Poppins I thought I would be as a mum, (laughs) you know. But it it is about being aware of that as well because, you know, it is such a short period of time, which I know we hear over and over again. So, of course, uh, no mum, dad or guardian are the Mary Poppins that they thought they would be. Mm-hmm. And what you've said mirrors exactly how I feel. And I, and I, it, it took for Griff to, to say it, be careful what's, about what's important to you, to realise that I, am, I do bring all this stuff home. Yeah. And it's a way in which you communicate with your partner as well. Mm-hmm. Because no one has the ideal life. No one has the ideal partnership. And particularly living through a period of history that we all have lived through, it's very difficult not to say things that you just instantly regret or react in a way you instantly regret or have a general kind of, you know, vibe about you that isn't exactly what you thought you would be bringing to the table as a parent. There's also something about the fact that that is home life where you can 
get rid of all the other stuff. It's like when you're a kid and you go home and your mum and dad get the grumpy side of you. Like, that's when you're allowed to let the grump in. Do you know what I mean? And you can't always mm. be that happy-go-lucky person because you have to just let... let it's there. Sometimes it's just there. It's yeah. hard, isn't it? Because in one way, I'm like, you're showing your kids that... It's okay. Like it's good to have those places where you feel safe to to let it all drop. But at the same time, I think yeah, it is about knowing where where why you feel those things and the impact that it has within the house. Precisely, and I mean obviously every single person is affected in by something similar, but just in different ways. Yeah. There are people who are working incredibly long days, doing incredibly challenging jobs, yeah. and they're not even getting to spend enough time with their children, or yeah. they must be so extremely tired. I think mine's more about, I think my energy, the negative energy comes from the preparation to do these things. Cause yeah. it's, you know, I do a breakfast show. It's, I love it. It's four hours in the morning. But if there's something that's coming up that we're thinking about and it's not quite working, I can be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because I'm doing a proper job like my dad did. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's the it, thing. It though, still materializes it? Yeah, itself yeah. In, a, in a kind of way that I'm not particularly proud of yeah. in front of Evie. Yeah, yeah. One thing you do on DadPod, is you jump 15 years and you write a letter to the child in 15 years' time. Yes, my legal people be in touch about this, Giovanna. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to steal your idea. <laughs> no. Oh, no, it's not even a letter. I do the letter. They so never even just... believe that I came up with it first. You can steal what you like. <laughs> so I, we're going to do a letter in a minute, but for this part, you just jump forward 15 years and you're going to talk to Evie. What are you going to say? Um... Are you like, you've just like butchered what I actually do there <laughs> a little bit all right go no, on it's great it's great <laughs> you know this is another moment in the podcast if anyone's going to listen some people just you know throw this away and other people really think about it and yeah. I've had tears welling up in my eyes whereas I'm just going to throw it away go on all right kid no I'm joking <laughs> I'm going to get your claws into my feature. I don't think I'm going to give you a proper answer, G. No, I would just, I would just want to, off the back of what we've been saying, I want to say, Evangeline, I know at times in your early life, I was grumpy. You had every right to pull me up on that. But do know that it was never anything to do with you and that I love you and your mum's brilliant and I just want you to be happy and have a good life. Aww. It's funny that I think things like that, though, you do, you understand your parents a lot more when you're going through it. And you're like, oh, no, you weren't just a grump, actually. You'd worked a really long day and you just wanted to have a little rest on the sofa. It's got nothing like, you know, it's those little bits. You're just like, I understand it now. You know, I've, I mean, I've already started to kind of just give in. To, you know, there's days when like, like I'm taking Evie out for her stroll, you know, in the afternoon. So she falls asleep in the buggy. You know, yeah. it's cold. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to wear a coat. And I used to stand, I used to be there for 20 minutes going, I could put the coat on, look nice coat. Yesterday, in fact, it was just yesterday. I was like, fine. <laughs> she was like, I want to wear a cardigan. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. She's like, I don't want to close the cardigan. I was like, just leave it open. <laughs> I mean, I put a blanket over her. But like a lot of young kids, I think Evie would just be naked all of the time if yeah. she had her way. It's like, we're going outside. It's like minus one degree today. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just, you know, instead of being grumpy with them, instead of fighting my corner, instead of doing I know what, you know, what is right, you just have to give in a little bit from time to time. Yeah. Just for the sake of everyone's happiness and mental health. Well, and, you know, obviously you put a duvet over her, make sure she's warm. <laughs> I'm not just taking her out in her swimsuit. But you, you just, every now and again, you just, you know, they will get the better of you. You will feel broken. You will give in. It's perfectly normal. 
Well, and also in those moments, you're going, it's silent. It is, it is. That wasn't a rhetorical monologue, you know. <laughs> Sorry, you're aware of a conversation. I'm But it is, when you're in those moments, you've got to kind of go, is this worth it? You know, what is the point? Let's just let's just move on now. Yes, you can not wear a, like, a coat and have your cardigan open. That's all right. Can I watch one more episode of this? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Go ahead. It's fine. Go for it. I mean, that's not the attitude to have all the time, by the way. But, but it's picking, it's not again. battles, but picking those moments where you kind of like, actually, no, we need to do this. And yeah, because I guess it must be really frustrating, actually, to just have someone telling you what to do all the time, you know? Yeah, in preparation, you know, read several things and sought opinions and spoke to people. And another one of the things that just kind of leapt out was like someone pointing out how weird it must be if you're a kid to brush your teeth, to yeah. have like a plastic stick. <sighs> Just put jabbing into your, in your mouth. mouth. And then, yeah, and just and then move around. So it's like, Evie's like, I don't want to brush my teeth. And, and I'm like, you have to brush your teeth. And then we read that and I thought, okay, we have to take a new tact here because this is unusual. And there's obviously different songs you can play and you can try and make it a little bit more fun. But you have to understand that a lot of these things that you're going through, these development stages, are things that by their very nature, these little people have never done before. Yeah. And some of them are just odd. Brushing your teeth is odd. And we just expect them to go, yeah, all right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you could write a letter on being a dad, who would it be to and what would you say? Wow. If I could This write is one a of letter. my features, Dave. You're welcome to nick it. It's I know, right. and thank you. It's an honour to be part of it. I know. <laughs> You can nick it if you like, it's fine. I mean, it's so, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you've got so guys. many great features. <laughs> um, I suppose I would, just to keep it in the tone of what I was hoping to achieve with the dad pod, is I would try and make it an open letter. I'd want as many people to, to take from it what they could. And I probably wouldn't lean so much into what I know about being a parent. I would certainly take from some of the amazing parents that I've spoken to. And I think the letter would be an open letter to everybody. And I think it would involve a lot of different opinions and pieces of advice that I've garnered over the years. Mm. And hopefully it would serve as something that's inspirational and something that is warming and informative and maybe even a little bit funny. And it would be there for, for people to take from what they possibly could. Yeah. And what I love about that is the fact that because you're taking lots of different pieces of advice, the overarching thing is that actually different things work for different people. Not one thing is going to work for absolutely everyone. I think something like that kind of encourages people to just go and find their own way. Well, exactly. And, you know, we've touched on working and, you know, sometimes the stresses and anxieties of that. It's, we know that a lot of screen time isn't a good thing, but you can't tell that to every parent. You can't tell that to the parent or guardian who's just got in after a really long day and they're trying to make dinner for their yeah. eight-year-old while they're three-year-old. It's like, how dare anybody turn around and say, well, you can watch one episode of this show and then that's your lot to that parent. Yeah. It's, and it is, there's so many different pieces of advice I've picked up. And I think good, well, I like the idea of picking out a fruit or vegetable and in, incorporate that into the cooking if you're able mm -hmm. to. But if you're not, because there's just not enough hours in your day, then don't worry about it too much. Yeah. I finish the podcast with you finishing three sentences. Are you ready? Okay. Being... Whose feature is this again? Just so it's I mine. Know. Don't worry, it's mine. <laughs> again, you're welcome to nick it if you like. Being a dad means? The world to me. Since having a child, I? Have aged horribly. <laughs> so I've got so many grey hairs right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I'm seeing them as highlights. It's fine. And I'm happy when? I'm on the 
afternoon walk that gets my daughter hopefully to have her nap and there is something wonderful about her being all cozied up and happy and me walking the streets in total silence with my phone off and my mission is to get my daughter to have a little bit of respite in the afternoon that she's raring to go to have a whole load of fun later on in the day oh that's nice dave thank you so much Thank you, G. It's been, honestly, as I said at the very beginning, a pleasure coming on. It's so nice to hear you talking about parenting. And I just want to wish you all the continued success in the world and do send my love to Tom and the family. Oh, I will do. Thank you so much. Same to you and yours. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. Bye.